Colonel Kadat of the Republic of Libid, Mr. Lee of the Hong Kong Mafia, Chairman Steve of the Dual Foundation, Dr. Garcia, a brilliant physicist. With these four as its core figures, Force Project, an international armed band, began its evil activities. Its aim was to rule the world by organizing massacres, blackmailing, terrorism, and... Four Play Podcast. I am your host, Mark Gaming Jesus McDonald, Hi. and Welcome you back. have found the first, only, best Thanksgiving podcast, Black Friday <laughs> podcast oh, yeah. of <laughs> Japan and games and Japanese games. Um, this will be technically coming out while everybody is doing that's their right. Black Friday stuff. Each other We've had stores. this before. Hopefully, you're listening to this. Uh, well, not hopefully. Hopefully, you're not listening to this. While freezing in line outside of Best Buy or right. Walmart or... We're being stampeded upon. Yeah. I think most stores now are starting to open on Thanksgiving night, which is kind of shitty, but also Very. probably helps with the old uh, freezing outside uh, waiting for yeah, I guess it doors to open. Yeah, it lessens the stampede somehow because some people are not willing to interrupt Thanksgiving lunch, dinner, whatever it is. Maybe we will, yeah, Thanksgiving mm. lunch. Uh, the traditional <laughs> Thanksgiving lunch. <laughs> Maybe Because you usually eat it at three. It's basically lunch anyways. Well, sure. I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe we'll talk about Black Friday stories or some odd later. This is going to be a little bit of a of a hodgepodge podcast. Uh, a patchwork. Like a, holiday like special. A, like a Thanksgiving buffet <laughs> If you will, yes. where there's like there's the turkey that we kind of always have, and then there's like some weird maybe they're yams. You You're know? not quite sure what they're doing there, and then there's something else that probably you know like peppermint candies that should be at Christmas, but it's there too, and you're kind of wondering what's going on. It's going to be a little bit of a mixed up, uh, weird podcast yeah. for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of them, one big weird reason sitting across from me <laughs> is our, our special guest. Uh, that is Kevin Fun Gifford, podcast favorite, almost regular here. I think all 24 people that listened to Fun now, probably also now, listen to Kevin, this show as well. Is don't a great they? show. Yeah. Oh, right I really want more episodes. I'm fun. waiting for season two. Why yeah. don't you tell people, uh, first of all, well, some people might know you from your previous appearances uh, on our podcast. Wildly popular, I might add, mm-hmm. appearances on our podcast um, where we had kind of more retro-focused theme going. Uh, one of them mm-hmm. about the Nintendo, then we did the Super Nintendo. You were here for that as well, yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Um, we Those were a lot of fun. And we might, depending on timing, get into a little bit of a Mega Drive slash Genesis yeah. business, depending on where you live. But um, for people who have not heard you on previous uh, mm. episodes of the podcast, which they're scurrying back to find right now as we speak, mm-hmm. but... Uh, what? Uh, who are you? What are you doing here? Oh, my name is Kevin Gifford, and um, for the past, so I've been working in in out of video games pretty much since the year two thousand when um, I got my first job doing game localization. I you know studied uh, Japanese in college and studied abroad over there for a while. So was that um, a Dragon Quest Seven? It was okay. Dragon Warrior Seven. I'm sorry. 
Dragon Warrior Seven, of course. <laughs> you know, not 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 that really not that matters that much any longer. But um, yeah, I, I was one of the main people on the Dragon Warrior Seven project, which um, uh, turned out nuts. But um, <laughs> it was very much a, tr- a trial by fire, right. so to speak, in game local- localization. Right. Um, but yeah, that's I worked on that before I graduated from college. Even and then, once I uh, and also before graduating, I worked at Gamers.com, which is where I met um, Rest in peace. Uh, several, pe- uh, several people here originally, most of, you know, including many other people, such as um, you know Mr. Bettenhausen, Shane Bettenhausen, and Christian, a lot of people who are still in the industry these days. And uh, well, this guy as yeah. well. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. John Megatron. Ricardi. Yep. Yeah. So after graduating, I got I got I worked for assorted game magazines. Um, my first job out of college was with GamePro. Um, what was the, your GamePro name? Uh, Were you like? The, can we do this the, every time you appear? Did we? I don't think, I think so. so. I have been, like <laughs> Furious Fox or something. Or Fennec what? Fox. Fennec Fox. That's oh. right. Um, <laughs> so That's what we should do for the second segment. We should just talk about GamePro. Talk about I, game, I, game we should talk about the GamePro years. How many years were you at GamePro? Not that many. I only worked there for about a year and a half before I jumped over to Ziff in order to uh, help uh, found OneUp.com. Okay, Did you ever right. meet Scary Larry in like the hallway? Or uh, Larry, le- Larry left after um, you know before I joined uh, up. Larry was all right with. Um, a, I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but he was like one of the people running uh, the Pokemon company. Really? Whoa. The U.S. division. Yeah, so Mind blown. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Did you ever meet the guy who did the uh, ratings faces? The <laughs> oh, yeah. That was Francis Mallow, and yeah, okay. he, was, he was there all the way up until... Oh, I meant the model for the faces, <laughs> not the guy who drew them. <laughs> based on himself. I right. thought that was a, that's not a person? I don't, I, I don't think that was a real person. Oh, that, was okay, just, okay. that was just a you know, generic 90s scene. What's Francis Mao doing? Is he doing like uh, pres- like uh, season greetings cards? Chairman, you know, season I knew this. Um, Bad Street Fighter <laughs> art just for fun now. Maybe? I want, I want, yeah, I want to say you know he still does art and a lot of consulting along those lines. Um, I want to say he's done something rather than games since. I want to say that he's done he's something like for box art or something. That. Yeah, yeah. Did you get the sense when meeting him that he knew his art was terrible, or did he? <laughs> Now, Do see, you think that he, because it had been on the cover of a magazine and he had his own <laughs> comic book, I think, for a while, do you think that he actually like suffered under the delusion that he had talent? <laughs> now, I would, I, would, I would not go so far as to say his artwork was terrible. I would say it's very... Um, Unique and very, yeah. ah, very, yes. very, very. High school is that the word you're looking for? Very, very, very eighties uh, indie comic booky. Trapper, I, I guess is the way I put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but a nice guy. A very, oh, okay. a very nice. Yeah. At least man. he's very a nice guy. That's what yeah. I, I want to mm-hmm. give him something. All right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people who worked at GamePro had been, you know, at nice the time guys. I was over there. Well, a they're a, nice a they're nice guys, and b they had been there for years. Just yes. because, Mark, right. tell us what you really think about GamePro. Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of EGM was that way before the cleansing, before the, <laughs> the cleansing. several cleansings. But um, <laughs> yeah, a lot the, of guys the, who had before the move from been there Illinois for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you missed the air quotes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but so yeah, you um, for so year and a half, then moved to OneUp.com, where you made to one top up. ten lists for like two years. Essentially, well, this which was, this, everybody did. This was kind of, kind of in the era before uh, people had really s- conducted scientific research into the idea of clickbait, right? Yes. And so, um, remember, I remember the thing I remember when I heard about OneUp.com first was that they wanted to have a new top ten list every single day, and so, <laughs> like and so all that people were making oh. for like a, for a couple weeks, I think, leading up to. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like a lot of people were making just top ten lists so that they would have one to go out every single day. Yeah. 
Yeah, I honestly true or false. I, I honestly have no memory of that. All right. Um, I think for the most part, it was just like you know the content we were producing was very similar to the content that every uh, video game site at the time was producing. So right. you know, like IGN, GameSpot, so a lot of reviews, previews, you know, junk like that. Well, it's hard. Be- I don't too, remember in top ten. No, leading it, it up may to, have happened, but yeah, uh, <laughs> leading up to the launch of a website, you can't be writing stuff that you know is going to be topical. So. I think there were people there waiting for the tech to get ready, which was mm-hmm. amazing once it finally launched, right? Yeah, yeah. The tech I mean, was amazing. It was a, it was a pretty neat site. It was very heavy. It was, it was a very slow-loading site at the time. It was yes. the worst tech ever for many, many years. Mm-hmm. They paid for the Did you, like, hire high school people. kids to make that site? No. Oh, there, was was, a, there, there was a room full of dudes. A lot of very room nice room. people, JJ. Okay. <laughs> Former Game Pro artists. A lot of very nice people. Um but uh, I, but I I don't know what you would do differently leading up to a website where it's like well we have to make content that's going to be evergreen. Of so course. I think I think I remember yeah that it was a lot of like top ten lists which yeah. those we were hot at the time. Remember the yeah. boat from Jaws was on GameSpots <laughs> like cracked, we were taking a poll website is basically nothing but top three top well, five. Well and now top little sevens. did people know that was way ahead of the curve because now yeah. that's all like BuzzFeed yes. and stuff like that. But so you were and then you were at from one up for how long? Shoot, how long would that have been? I not that long. I, I think I did. I think it would have been under two years, as a matter of fact, before okay. I uh, um, before I got sick. You're of a bit the, of a drifter. Well, I kind of got sick of the a daily loner. grind of uh, um, you know the running uh, of editing a website, having daily deadlines, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, and plus, at that time, I had begun to get you know more work again in uh, freelance uh, mm-hmm. game localization, and so I. Um, yeah, so I left One Up, but kept on working for Ziff Davis, writing reviews for uh, One Up and for the assorted magazines that they uh, uh, were producing at the time. Yep. Uh, while also doing localization on the side, and then um, uh, in 2005, I moved over to Houston in order to become an editor for New Type USA magazine, mm-hmm. which uh, uh, was based in Houston because it was run by ADV Films, which was one of the big names in anime distribution at the time in, right. uh, in, in the U.S. And anime, you could tell, just had a huge future ahead of it. <laughs> yes. It was just... Hey, it's it's still it's still it's still so popular. Bright. It's still popular. It's just that uh, <laughs> nobody the, wants the, to pay the, for it. Right. <laughs> well, nobody wants to buy DVDs for it, right, which yeah. were you know quite prof- which were a lot more which was a lot more profitable than streaming it. Nowadays, right. it's Crunchyroll and people yeah. pay mm-hmm. for prescriptions. 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 Yeah. Subscription. Uh, the doctor <laughs> gives them a prescription <laughs> for Crunchyroll. <laughs> Listen, this is going to be yeah, a long a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say that. Cute Doctor Slump. Itis. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so I worked at New Type USA for three years until the company went out of business. And uh, you worked longer at New Type than you did at GamePro and One Up. I did at the end. Yes. Wow. Um, okay. Not, I didn't not know you were a big longer. anime guy. I would not say I was a big anime guy. <laughs> I would say you know it was it was run by uh, Gary Steinman. Right. Uh, Gary was the editor Friend of the show. Yes, yeah. XOPM, official mm-hmm. PlayStation Magazine guy, went on to now at Ubisoft. Went yep. on to work at um, uh, Future. Yeah, yeah. He went. Yeah, he left uh, New Type USA in order to go back to uh, Future. And then eventually moved on over to um, Future Publishing, uh, who used to do Next Gen. They did Visual Xbox. He mm-hmm. was on the PlayStation Magazine, I think, when it, the license moved. Yep. Uh, PlayStation, PlayStation, the official Mac. Right. Um, of, all, of, of all those, I think only PC Gamer is, is the only one still, that is still, still standing. doing in print. I yep. think they. 
um, yeah, this show, this shows the fate of magazines in the U.S. I don't even remember if uh, OXM is still around or not. I don't think it is. When you used to be, no, OXM, I think finally, okay, was one of the last ones to go. But yeah. and you used to be a big magazine collector as well. I, I did. We talked about it on yeah, we Mag did talk Weasel. about that. We talked about it on previous episodes. You gave away your collection. Of Any about, update on that? Is that being scanned somewhere, I hope? and I, Yeah, I haven't archived. really heard anything about it. I mean, they still have it, of course, so inherently it is archived. It's just kind of waiting for that sort of thing to happen. Well, it's archived if you go to the, wherever the yep. place is. Rhode Island or something, the, right? Uh, is it the like, Strong Museum of Play, and right. they have like a, um, a video game, uh, a separate video game division type thing going on in there as well. And they're in uh, Rochester, New York. But is that not getting... Uh, sectioned up and scanned, where everybody can see it, or is it like? Well, I know there was there was a lot you know there was a lot of discussions along those lines. Yeah, um, and it was very much kind of yeah. I mean, a lot of promises that, made. That, that's, that's yeah. That's something which um, you know, uh, if we can make it happen, yeah, well, that, that'd be great. I, I did not, uh, you know. That was not a tradition of magazines. It was not it was there was the idea that yeah, hopefully we'll be able you know, we'll be able to do that sometime. Right. Um but uh, yeah, nothing along those lines yet. But the thing is, you know, that's what that's why I donated it to a place like that. Right. In order to keep it all in one place. Right. So right. you know, that that's that's the whole um you know, good thing about having an archive like that in that in that um uh you know. Well, I hope it can they, always happen sometime, yeah. Yeah, I hope they start scanning it and stuff like that because yeah. I think there's a lot of interest in that. Mm-hmm. Recently, I know Player One had this guy who's going back and reading through all of EGMs. I don't know if you heard about this guy. Mm-hmm. He like started mm-hmm. a Twitter account where he was tweeting Tumblr. it. Yeah. Was it a Tumblr? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then I guess it became a Twitter account. Oh, really? I, don't, yeah. I just know about there's an EGM Tumblr where a guy posts scans like pretty much every other day or so. And then now it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a whole it's a whole cottage industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, okay. Yeah, and then but yeah, recently... I mean, um, Oh, game game out of my collection. Uh, just a uh, humble brag, a little bit. Uh, it consists of over six thousand issues of a sort of uh, video game magazines, computer magazines, pretty much all, uh, uh, pretty much all dating from uh, up. In, you know, when it came to computer magazines, I had issues of magazines from all the way back in the seventies forward. Um, wow. Uh, wow! You know, I completed wow. a lot of runs of a lot of magazines like EGM and Game Pro and. Uh, uh, even stuff like Tips and Tricks, uh, yeah. the old uh, LFP magazine. Even yeah. crap like Tips and Tricks, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, so, when how much did you, you get from the Strong Museum of Play for your donation to? The- um, well, the, they didn't pay. Well, they didn't, you know, pay me for the um, magazines themselves, but they did pay everything. You know, uh, the, shipping the shipping of the magazines, and they also you know pay for me to come on over to the place up in Rochester oh. and check it out and all that. So nice. that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's cool Do you get like free like cocktails when you go or? <laughs> you a VIP they, member? Yeah, yeah they, 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 they kiss they, your ass. They gave they gave me the key to the city of uh, Rochester. Is there so. a Kevin Gifford oh. wing to the Strong Museum of Play, <laughs> where th- all your I, museums I, are pro- I displayed? Think, I think they might have uh, worded it that way in the press release, like the Kevin Gifford collection or something like oh, that. Nice. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Um. So and so, uh, yeah. New Type USA, New well, type. ADV went out of business in yeah. uh, 2008, and yeah, I've been working entirely freelance ever since. Um, hmm. Pretty much, you know. Not so much writing these days. I mean, the last you know, last time I got paid to write about video games was uh, you know the British magazine Games TM uh, asked me to write a feature about the history of uh, Famitsu. For nice. you know, uh, this would be a few years back. Right, um, Japanese gaming that? magazine yep. Famitsu. Yeah, the Weekly Famitsu. And so you know, I had uh, I did not have a complete run of Famitsu, but I did have via 
you know, donations from assorted uh, people in uh, California that always had a bunch of issues. I probably had at least like 500 or so issues. Wow. Uh, of most of which dated from kind of like the Sistine bit in the PlayStation era. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I was able to use that stuff to, you know, uh, write a pretty good article, and plus which I knew some of the dudes over at uh, Enterbrain. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it worked out great. But, yeah, that was the last time I uh, have really ever written a, you know, hardcore written about but video games. You do a lot of translation. People might also know you from the old TSR uh, site. Uh, yeah. Nintendo. I ran one of the first websites devoted to collecting for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. It, it was opened up in 1996. And, um, you know, NES collecting was a very different thing then uh, from how it is yes. now. Yeah, that's I mean, the truth. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Prices on that stuff. Well, it's kind of you know, you know, it's kind of to the point where, if you want to aim to try to get a complete NES collection these days, um, you know, you better you better open up you better open up your wall pretty wide, right? Because yeah. the era of finding stuff in the wild is certainly very much over for that right. kind of thing, right? Yeah, Chris Kohler shows up at like five o'clock in the morning anyway <laughs> for, for anything that you might find, um, right? So, uh, and then other than that, you do a lot of uh, translation now for places like 8.4. You work with yeah. us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, wor- I worked on, yeah, I've worked on, prob- uh, I would say, several dozen games over yeah, the years. Yeah, at this point, uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the one that most recently came out, um, would that have been, um, uh, um, you know, Metal Gear Rising? Maybe. Would that be the last, most recent one? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, like Mike have done, you've done little things here and there on other projects yeah. since then. Yes. Though, and, yeah, we've, least, you know, we've worked on a lot of mobile stuff as well. But yeah. in terms of like yes. package releases, I think that would be the most okay. recent one. Okay. Well, that or that or um, uh, Psycho Break. Um, yes, oh, yeah. the Evil Within. The Evil, evil Within. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think. Well, you know that game. You know. I worked on a lot of stuff for that. Uh, very over for early. A, a lot of very early stuff. Yeah, we so talked know, about that. Yeah so, I so, yeah, so I don't know if any of my stuff actually shows up in the Final Game or not. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, I did a lot of stuff for that as well. And then um, also the very short-lived, uh, not super well-known, but very much loved by people who do know about it, Video Fanky site. Yeah. Yes. One of the... Well, Esoterica, I, 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 I guess I, I, you might call it. I was a long, that was a long time ago, definitely. Video, that was, uh, originally a video thanky. Yeah. One yeah. of the very first um, kind of like random Japan game BS web blogs. Is that archived anywhere? If I search for it on uh, the internet, will it's, a, it's come on? Up? It's on. Uh, it's on the internet archive. Okay, check that out, folks. Yeah. If you're interested, a lot of mm-hmm. good stuff there. A lot of weird little stuff that you'll only find there. Yeah. It's kind, of, kind, of, kind of, of you know, kind of back in the era before, like you know, every. Uh, video game media website and web blog had you know like some kind of Japan section. That, yeah, mm, but uh, I feel like still focusing on stuff that still doesn't get covered a lot. Like I remember, was that where you were doing that PC Engine stuff? That PC Engine series? Um, or I was doing that. I was else? doing that Magweasel. You were doing that Magweasel. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff there too. That I read several other too. Which I, yeah, I apologize. I eventually I got um, well. A, I got a bit lazy with uh, running a web blog, and B, I wound up getting a lot busier with uh, work. Right. And so I kind of fell out of the habit of doing that. No excuses, um, Kevin. Yep. No excuses. Uh, and then last year, I also uh, did a podcast for six uh, episodes called Fun. So, yeah. That it wraps back around. Yes. That yes. podcast was awesome. Devo- yes. You know, devoted to, you know, old video game music and just occasionally me BSing about stuff. Uh, I would love to do... Uh, New run of episodes sometimes. Yes. I, just, uh, just I want to I I have more game music with Kevin Gifford lyrics. Singing the lyrics, yeah. <laughs> friend of the show, Shane uh, Bettenhausen, and I listened to your whole run of podcasts over E3 like twice now, last year and this year. We just oh. listened to it like in the as, hotel. As you were 
Oh really? Yeah. yeah oh, what, good stuff. What were, you, what were you and Shane doing in the hotel with no, my, that's with not me in for the background? Public airways. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not. What happens? What happens in the LA Convention Center stays in the LA Convention Center, and is done to the tune of Kevin Gifford's. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> and it's not quite normal. Like it's not the game music you would first guess right. at probably right. like your normal retro game music mm-hmm. podcast which there are a surprising number of but like a ton. it's not like Castlevania music and like Final Fantasy stuff it's, it's like David Beckham soccer a little oh, more yeah. weird I mean I've you know I am very very well versed in the world of especially 8-bit and 16-bit computer uh, you know computer and video games and so a lot of Commodore stuff in there a lot there of Commodore 64 stuff yeah, yeah I mean that was that was, that was the first uh video game console so to speak that I uh, had so um, I've, there's a very soft uh, spot in my heart for that uh, <laughs> uh, PC in particular um, yeah a lot of esoteric uh, picks from the entire range and history of you know chip generated uh, music uh, for you know computers and game consoles um, you know I, I, I have a collection of you know kind of like a personal collection of uh, mp3s and so on that I've recorded uh, you know, I, I was one of those kids who, like, back in the late 80s, I would connect my Game Boy to the boombox and record the music from nice. games like Gargoyles yeah. Quest and stuff like nice. that. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. And, and so, you know, nowadays it's all it's all in MP3 form, of course, and, yeah, I mean, that's it's a it's a pretty big collection. It's uh, well into, it's well into, uh, it's well into the, uh, maybe the tens of gig- gigabytes at this point, I think. Wow. And so, yeah. I, cool. Uh, so, yeah. It's, uh, so, two, yeah. Please. so oh, yeah, season two is going to come out. It. Next month, break uh, it exclusive right yeah. here. <laughs> What's the um, next s- season of Fun starts? Twenty uh, XX. Oh, <laughs> well played. Well done. <laughs> Boo. All right. Well, that is a very. It'll be, it'll be co-hosted by Mega Man. I think we have uh, now introduced you. Yes, uh, I do. <laughs> well enough, yeah. Twenty-minute introduction. Story. You have a long history, yeah. so um, it uh, bears out that length mm-hmm. of, of introduction. I think. So I've done a little bit of everything in the game industry, and now I'm just a uh, eccentric uh, translator gentleman living in Central Oregon. Right, <laughs> Bend, Oregon, which yeah. we talked about. Sony Bend. They're still around, still making games. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I know a fair number of people who work uh, who work over there. Um, you know, they've been. Their last few games have all been, um, you know, for uh, first the PSP and now the Vita. I want to say they're working on some kind of uh, PS4 project right now, but um, oh my god, breaking which, uh, news right here! Well, I mean, you know, it's a they. That's been known, it's on the Wiki- but, yeah. it's on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Wait, is it another shitty Uncharted card game, or maybe <laughs> it's something else? Mark's uh, angry today. It's probably, <laughs> it's probably Uncharted Cart. Oh, that'd be uh, nice. Super, super Uncharted, uncharted. uncharted. Yeah. yeah. Uncharted <laughs> things actually happening. Um, well, let's finish uh, introducing everybody else uh, to my right, uh, as always, on the uh, keys and buttons and knobs and things we don't understand. That's uh, JJ Horrible Father Epperson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why am I Horrible that. Father this time? Because you speak English time. around your son. Oh, oh yeah. Um, no, that's not even one. Oh, really? That's, that's another that's a, reason why you're yeah. a Horrible Father. Weren't you... Is there some... 
game where you are pretending that the demo for the game is the full game. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. That is abuse. Hold on. Wait, wait. That is horrible, abuse. I'm not pretending that father. it's the real game. Hanuki thinks it's the real game, and I'm not going to tell him that it's the real game. This is Pokemon, That's by the way, we're talking about. Pokemon. Thing. Yeah, it is. It is. So it is Pokemon. He, yeah. The thing is, is that like the demo is just about the right level for him. It doesn't require any reading. Mm-hmm. He can just go out and fight other Pokemon, and that's what is fun for him. I feel like if I gave him the real game, it, basically, I would, be, so much I, would, fun, you would no, I would be playing it, basically. Is Haruki, how, how old is... Uh, he, he? He's fine. He's three and a half. All right. He's going to file a lawsuit. <laughs> that's fine. He, when he grows up and Daddy didn't buy him Pokemon. Is ignorance bliss, JJ? I think In this case, it, it is. To... When, he, when he's like five or six, he'll be ready for Pokemon. But now... Yeah. Well, yeah, three, three and a half. I can, I can kind of... I, I, I'm a bit on JJ's side on this. Yeah. I mean, three and a half, <laughs> you, you know, that's still kind of the age where you think if someone's dressed up as Mickey Mouse, you think that's actually Mickey Mouse kind of age. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You see, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking and speaking of Pokemon, uh, over my left, that's uh, Roy hmm. Snorlax Blakely. Well, what, why Snorlax, Because you man? defend him. Snorlax is awesome. Did he's like top tier. Hey, he's, he's standing up nowadays. And he is the yeah. worst. Wait, what? Is he on a diet? Well, no, he. No, I mean, he's not still asleep. What? No, he did. He get off his. Is oh yeah, ass? there's something with like, the mega like as of as of X Y. Like, um, if you, you if you actually see the progression of uh, portraits hmm. over the over over the years, Snorlax has been gradually standing, beginning yes, to yes, sit up. That's true. And in really? X, and as of X Y, he is actually yeah. he is actually uh, on two feet. Well, now that wow. they have like you People know three D sprites sitting around. Well, yeah, I mean, if they had a three D sprite of him just like sitting, sitting and breathing, and that'd be really lame. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's all, that's all he does though. <laughs> no. His name wouldn't be Snorlax if he was up and running around. <sighs> uh, but you are playing. Omega I Ruby. am. I'm a 30 year old playing it, unlike the, you know, the three year old who <laughs> yes. can't play it. It's, it's designed for 30 year olds. You do understand actually. the difference yeah. between yeah. the demo and mm-hmm. that you were not. Okay. You weren't sure. I tried to give him the demo, but he, he <laughs> right. caught on. Okay. <laughs> uh, that provided by our friends over at Nintendo. Yes, thank, thank you, you. So, very much. So don't say anything bad about it. But what do you think about it? I <laughs> um, actually really like. Are we doing what we've been playing now? Should I, I go kind into? of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I actually am really liking it so far. It has a like a. You know, in the old games, the only way you would encounter Pokemon was, like, you'd walk around in the grass randomly, randomly. and you'd get into a battle. Yep. Well, mm. they've changed that a little bit now, so if you don't, if you want to avoid certain Pokemon, you can. Like, you can just walk around outside of the grass. Pokemon are and, visible on the map. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you'll see, like, you know, like, for instance, if it's a Zigzagoon, you'll see, like, its tail flopping around in the grass. Mm-hmm. And then if you... Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. If you and this wasn't out, in X and Y, I guess? No. Really? No. I feel like that's generally, like... An evolution, well, so the, to speak, that yeah. uh, that RPGs have done, like mm. Dragon Quest sure did it. Well, there's like, more. Yeah. There's more 90s. to it. Everything seems to have kind of gotten on that people do not like just yeah. complete random combat. No. And, True. Yeah, but sorry, I, 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 I want I to say no. that there was one Tales of game or another that pioneered that. Was it not well, Grand Grandia? I think was the first game. Ah, that Grandia, I yeah, 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 yeah. Grandia. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, was Grandia. the first game that I remember uh, having that. But um, but yeah. So uh, anyway, what. Well, uh, the clo- you have to, you actually have to like sneak up to these Pokemon. If you like run, then you'll scare them. So you have to like very delicately press forward on the slide pad. Hmm. And then as you're sneaking closer and closer, you have this application that will start to tell you more information about the th- the target you're getting near. So if you've caught the Pokemon before, you can see like all of their information. You can see what Pokemon it is, their uh, gender, their first skill, which is sometimes. Uh, 
like a random skill that they could learn only from breeding before. Mm-hmm. So now it's like you can get the more you level up this system because the more times you see a Pokemon and encounter it this way, yeah, you, it like levels up your ability to spot that Pokemon. Really? So you start to see like better and better ones as you go. So like mm-hmm. if you really like Rattatas, right? And you encounter like a hundred Rattatas, then you'll start to see really, really good Rattatas, and you can like kind of pinpoint. Well, I want that one. I don't want that one. Mm-hmm. So it saves a lot of time because you don't have to just keep getting into random battles, catch the thing, look at its details, be like, "No, this is garbage," and release it. Right, right, right. That's really interesting. Actually, yeah. mm-hmm. how far how far are you in right now, roughly? Uh, I don't even have a badge yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's kind of just wow. started. All right. Yeah. So you're kind of like Ash every three years or so <laughs> in the anime, then, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does how does the game look? And it looks exactly and... the same as X and Y. Okay. Um, Sapphire and Ruby French. had really good music. Is the music the music is probably pretty good? Uh, you know, I haven't really been listening to the music. <laughs> you know, I actually am kind of. I would like to try that game out because I talking about GamePro, I reviewed Ruby and Sapphire for GamePro back mm. in... What, um, what was your face... What yeah. face did you give Give it? us the facial mm. expression. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Just give yeah. us the facial expression and let us guess what the score was. Go. Oh! oh, oh five, five, five. five point wow. Yeah, <laughs> man. Was that, so the, or I, I, was that I, the fun factor? Was that the graphics or sound? Um, what was the... I believe I gave the five to the sound and also oh. to the fun factor. Okay. How wow. did you grade fun factor, by the way? What was the... what what? What was the key for fun. a high fun? It's factor? a very if my, scientific my, method. My, my hair it looks yeah. like Goodwill hunting. It's like a giant chalkboard. <laughs> it's a very detailed. What, I mean, it's like yeah. It's kind of, what, what's the difference between a four fun and a five no, fun? Nobody one knows. Nobody cares. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's it. You know, it's how much? How much is my hair standing on end? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's kind of how it how, how far are your eyes popping out of your head? Yeah, yeah. yeah. popping yeah. out of your yeah, your yeah, yeah. You know, the difference between if I'm smi- if I'm smiling while playing a game. Or am I grinning? <laughs> that, that's, so, that's like a three point so, five right there. You know? So is that how you got? Did you get hooked on Pokemon by, by having to review it one time? Because you um, seem to know an awful lot about Snorlax. Well, I, or you I, just had, have I, I, I had Snorlax? I had played like one uh, Game Boy Pokemon before that point, but okay. Ruby and Sapphire oh. was the first one that I really you know spent hours playing it. Okay. Um, so in that way, yeah. I mean, I definitely uh, saw the appeal of that. And have you? Do you try them since then? Oh Will yeah, you give yeah. Them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I play. I did play a fair bit of uh, X and Y. Okay. Uh, back, you know, back when it came out, I, and then I kind of fell off the wagon on that. You know, Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I meant to finish it. Like I, I, I say that every time. I'm going to finish this one, and that one I got yeah. the furthest of any is since like gold and silver, or since red. The remakes of red and green are the last ones I finished, but um. But I still didn't finish it. I only got like mm-hmm. halfway through. But get, get, getting back to the point, I do agree that Ruby and Sapphire has some of the best music. The music in the is series. so good in that game, huh. and I'm very it's much really looking good. forward to seeing how it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's some of the best music. But it was coming out of the crappy GBA sound system, so <laughs> yeah, I very much look forward to you know having um, it in much better quality that, uh, yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. Speaking of better quality, uh, finally uh, rounding out our cast uh, this time, it's uh, Hiroko Buster Douglas uh, Minamoto. Buster Douglas? Yeah, sorry, your nickname is left over from when this was going to be uh, Mega Drive uh, Genesis themed <laughs> po- podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but I was also going to potentially call you Snorlax because you're just t- tired a lot lately. You're sleeping a lot and uh-huh. tired and whatever, so Snorlax. Yeah. You look pretty I sleepy. Roy already took Snorlax. Roy already took Snorlax. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your opinion on Snorlax? Do you have one? 
No. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. You, you should hate him. He's yeah. terrible. No. He's awful. So why why Buster Douglas? How do you, so what do you feel about yeah, Totoro? I had, I had, people. I had Genesis I, yeah. themed. I had Genesis themed uh, <clears throat> names for everyone. Well, what were they? I want to know them now. Well, it was. Blood, JJ Bloodcode Epperson. Very nice. Uh, Can I be Kevin Revenger of Vengeance Gifford? No. <laughs> um, Kevin Million Project Million Seller Gifford. Oh, excellent. Uh, John Thirty Two X Riccardi. Nice. Roy Miles Prower. Blakely. <laughs> Get it? No. Miles. He's kind of like Prower. Roy Tails is sounding. Oh, so Tails. This is I didn't. This is Tails' him. proper Christian name. Yeah, okay. <laughs> is Miles Prower. Oh, you got it. Yep, that yes. took, that, it's terrible. That took me about fourteen years. <laughs> it's to, awful. to figure out. By a, the way, a lot yeah. of people right now are being like, "Oh, yes, their minds, <laughs> really? minds are I blowing totally everywhere." <laughs> I thought everybody knew too. Yeah, um, so awful. I, yeah. I believe it took Reddit to actually teach me oh, okay. about that. It didn't. It never occurred to me until that point. So, Kevin, I'm very sad uh, with your visit here because I asked you, oh, "Cheer up, Mark." What can I? Can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do that because I asked you what the last console game that you played was, and there was a long pause, and then you responded, I don't really have consoles hooked up to TVs these days or something like that. (laughs) Literally could not recall... The last console game that well, you the played. Is, well, the other thing is, I do not technically have a TV any longer. I just have a rather large uh, flat screen monitor, well, which I have on top of the uh, bedroom dresser. <laughs> right. That you know, I use it as kind of like a TV server. But, I, you know, okay. You know, Netflix and all that sort of thing. You did buy some games while you were here uh, visiting Japan. Yep. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I purchased. We you know we were discussing this in yep. private conversation yesterday, but I purchased a copy of. Uh, uh, Layton versus uh, Phoenix Wright. Yep. Which uh, is you're a game. fans of both of those. You're a fan of both of those series. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. I uh, I have played uh, every Phoenix Wright game. Um, really? Hmm. Oh yeah. Even I mean, the I, latest ones in Japanese? Or yep. Well, nice. you know, um, you can you know, I I I purchase them online because uh, I, oh. I I have a Japanese 3ds. Nice. Um, okay. So we, you're, you're pretty excited about this is like a chocolate peanut butter type thing for you. Very and then, much so. Very much so. And the way it was described. Which one's the peanut butter? Hmm. I like peanut butter a lot more than I like chocolate, you to be honest with you. So I'll say, I'll say, I'll, 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 I'll give uh, Phoenix Wright the okay. honor and the justice of being peanut butter. Let me ask you the difference. <laughs> so you're playing the you're playing the Japanese versions of these games. Yes. Have you played any of the English versions of the Phoenix Wright games, for example, um, or the Layton games? When uh, when fin- you know, when Ace Attorney first came out in the U.S., um, <coughs> I believe. I, th- I reviewed that for eh, it might have been one up. I, re- I reviewed it for one joint or the other, and okay. I, I played through it again in English. Okay, and of course that was a excellent localization. And right, that was, uh, I believe Mr. Alexander Smith was involved yeah. with that and yes. all that. Yep, um, you know, really did a great job in capturing the essence of that game and the pun. You know, right down to the extremely, you know, silly punny names of everybody. Right, and um, you know the kind of uh, overall, you know. Quirky sense of humor that the uh, right. games have, in addition to also be having, its, you know, its uh, serious moments as well. Mm. Um, have you played more recent editions in English at all, or just the Japanese versions? Um, well, let's see. I, I played like the first two uh, Phoenix Rights in uh, in English. The 
localization quality was still pretty good, but right. you know, what I'm getting at, a bit, a bit. I'm just curious what for people who've only ever played the English versions, which is probably like Most 99 of yeah, percent of our audience. Like, mm-hmm. what is the how is the writing quality in the Japanese? What are the differences you notice? Like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, are the characters feel very different, or any anything in, that people would find interesting about differences in the two versions? Well, you know, I think as a translator, well, I, th- I, figured, I, I, I think, think the, about it. I think overall, localizations do a really good job of capturing kind of the essence of uh, what the Japanese version is. Of course, there are some changes uh, in terms of, um, well, for example, country. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of country. Well, lack and of here's change. a neat story about that. My brother. Uh, works as a uh, tax attorney he lives over in uh, dc mm-hmm. and um i gave him you know he had and you know he has a uh, children of course so he had a ds handy and so i gave him a copy of phoenix Friday's attorney uh for christmas once and he uh actually played through it and finished it he's not that much of a gamer per se but right. you know he's a game and he until i told him it until he saw the credits it did not dawn on him that it was a, it was a japanese game. japanese oh. game huh <laughs> Interesting. He, um, yeah, like, he thought it was, uh, you know, like a U.S. made game, and you know, uh, in the in the uh, uh, in the series, you know, of course, Phoenix Wright is accompanied by, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, shoot, Maya Fey, yeah, who is the you know kind of the crazy, um, not crazy, but uh, somewhat goofy. Um, She's crazy. You can yeah. say it. Uh, kind okay. of new new age uh, priestess of some sort, and yeah. uh, in the second game, you actually get to visit their old. Um, Klein uh, Nosato, you know their their uh, you know the village of where it comes from. And my brother, right? My brother, you know, it never the the game never tells you where exactly it takes place. But my brother just kind of assumed that it was like in L.A. or something, and so <laughs> and so Maya was just like you know from some crazy like uh, you know New Age commune thing in Southern oh, California, you okay. know. So it actually worked. Like their the, the think, conceit that they went after he actually never, worked with people. I think it, I think it was quite successful. Yeah, because that exact same thing annoys a lot of people who know you know that it's a Japanese game. I mean, it's something we deal with mm-hmm. to a lesser degree with, a lot with different games that we have, not necessarily that are set in Japan, but mm-hmm. like that are one way in the Japanese version, and you kind of think, well, maybe it makes more sense to change it for the foreign version. But some people don't want stuff changed or. Don't want to change radically. Don't want to change clumsily, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there are you know, if you have a lot of it comes down to talent. Uh, if you're going, to, if you decide to go through with that decision, then you know, if it makes sense for the game and if it's executed well, then you know, great. Right. Uh, however, you know, I can you know, Phoenix Wright is a good example of that, but I can certainly think of a lot of um, you know, less than perfect examples of yes. it. Um, you know, like for example, the two, uh, you know, there's a series of Zetai Zetsume Toshi, mm-hmm. which came out, the first one came out on the name Disaster Report, Report yeah. and the second one came out on the name Raw Danger in right. the U.S. And both of those had the conceit of taking, of allegedly taking place in the United States, but in reality, it, it was extremely Japanese still, mm-hmm. you right. know. <laughs> I have to play those games still. I never did mm-hmm. play those games. Um, they are, they are very, Interesting games from a storytelling perspective, but yeah. they are, especially by modern standards, extremely annoying to Game play games. Terms. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly how I, how I imagine it. Um, what else? Any other games that you've bought while you're here that you were looking for? I'm, I'm sorely, games? I'm sorely tempted to get the um, either Ruby or Sapphire while I'm here as well. Okay, nice. I, I kind of, uh, I hesitated uh, today on doing that, but. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I, I might just do it before uh, before uh, I, I wind up leaving here. You know. Yeah. What else? <laughs> what else? Anything else? Um, not today. But I'm going to be doing some more shopping. Pre, uh, you know, right. while I'm all around here, I, you know, I'm going to be going. Uh, I'll be in the the Kansai area next week. I'm doing a bit of traveling around Japan while I'm here, mm. and um, you know, I've uh, have you folks ever been to um, you know, Osaka Dinden Town? Oh yeah. 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 Yep. No. Wonderful place. <laughs> Is it? Oh yeah. Have you never, never been? been? I've never been you there. Would love it. Oh, never really? Been. I haven't I've, been I've, in like I've five been, or six years. But I mean, I've, tell I've, people what it is. I've, I've been to you know the Kansai area a number of times, but mm-hmm. I've never spent an appreciable amount of time in Osaka proper mm-hmm. until now. Uh, Osaka Denden Town is a bit like Akihabara. It's a place yeah. uh, in the um, city of Osaka that is home to, you know, traditionally home to a lot of um, electronic stores, computer stores. Uh, video game stores, and nowadays, much like Akiba, increasingly a lot of otaku-oriented shops. Right. Um, yeah. So, it's a, you know, it's, it's a little bit of everything in there. And uh, I'll be very curious. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on your return swing through Tokyo, although I know you're going to be gone. But we have so much stuff that we want to talk to you about. Mm. Some of it was Mega Drive stuff, but you came with other stuff that I know, uh, other ideas to talk about, more mm. Japan-focused stuff, too, that I want to get to. But before we do that, I just want to finish talking about other games that people are playing. Nobody's played Smash uh, yet, is that right? With the rest of the world playing? Japan doesn't no. get it until next week. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You guys talked about Captain Toad uh, yes. last episode. You mentioned... Still loving it. The third chapter of the game gets really hard. Um, well, not really hard, but it gets a lot harder to get everything, and it's been fun. So, um, SteamWorld Dig, did you guys talk much about that last episode? Not last episode, but I, I beat it, and I... Talked about we it talked about it a bunch before. Free on PSN Plus. Yeah, this this is the second time it's been free on PSN. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, what did you think? Like, sum up in a sentence. I thought it was like... Uh, you finished it, so you must have liked it. I liked it. It, it was a... F- it's hard to say. It's kind of like... It, I don't have any strong opinions about it, but it was good enough and competent enough yeah. to get through it. I'd say the very what you're doing at the, uh, the it's very most basic. I had not played it before until yeah. now. I kind of meant to, but I just tried it maybe for like two hours. Like the core mechanic of breaking stuff down, right? Like the wrecking crew, like just smashing yeah. rocks, which you're doing a ton of, is very f- satisfying. Yeah, it's like both in visually and the sounds, like the little things, like it that works well and so surprising more games don't do that every game i've played like that like drill dozer or even like dig dug like just digging through stuff is fun right Mm -hmm. inherently fun yeah and you're kind of creating your own path and how you're doing right and And there's a little bit of strategy to that too like you can create paths that are like basically give you easier ways to get up to the top again and stuff like that um binding of isaac i also try it was another of those games that i've just been hearing about for forever want to try our friends at nikalis are the ones that put out this version free on PSN Plus. Um, it, I you know it's okay. I, yeah. I see how it's popular on streaming and stuff like that. I wasn't a huge fan of like how the uh, controls work. How you're kind of like lobbing things at enemies. Uh, yeah. It's not like a straight thing. You're kind of lobbing them. But I mean, there's that adds some subtlety to stuff. I was actually like most interested in the story which is a funny thing to yeah, say it's about kind that of an game, interesting story yeah and it's it you know i only played that like geez i don't know 30 minutes or something just gave it like the download and, and the try but yeah. um but yeah you know it's got that art style and i can definitely see how it's popular with streamers and like and stuff like that but um my wife calls some- it the poop game 
the, the boob, boob game. game. Oh, because it's like a big. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah there's a lot game. of like, it's all like poop humor and stuff. We had some feedback from after the last show about comments on that, but I can't find it now anyway. So, okay. But people basically were saying that there's a lot more to the game than we were making it sound like, which, oh. you know, was good. Yeah, so. Jake said it was only five stages. I don't know. Whatever. Keep yeah. going. Um, Blame it on the guys not here. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we Mistakes do. were made. Um, I wasn't here, so that, things happen. <laughs> um, I played a lot more Evil Within since last time. I talked a lot about it. Um, Two episodes ago, surprised you're not finished with it. Well, I've been gone. I was gone in America for two and a half weeks. Oh, so. I mean, I, I figured you had finished it before that, but well, I got to I got about one night away from finishing it, probably. Um. So I'm probably I like the last night. Still feel pretty much the same about that. I don't disagree with uh, pretty much anything that anyone said, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, looking forward to DLC. Actually, it's like twenty bucks now. I think. On yeah, on Steam. Steam. But it'll be Flash yesterday. Sale. Yeah, that won't be there really? anymore now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, um, but yeah, like just a really uh, interesting game. Like, yeah, it has quite a presence in the U.S. I mean, did you see the um, U.S. TV ads for the Evil Within? Actually, no. I didn't. No, they're they're kind of cool in that they definitely they're set up in the same way that a TV ad for a horror movie would be set up. Oh, okay. In terms of like, it's um, not just showing people like being scared. <laughs> there's, playing there's, the game. there's a lot of that. Oh, I hate that. I hate those ads. The, oh, I thought, everybody those does cool. those ads. Yeah. Everybody does those ads. That's why. That's why I mean that's a very right. much your typical horror movie ad. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, as as if they're like you know interviewing people outside the theater and saying, "Oh, this film made me crap my pants," you know that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, Japan really likes those kind of advertisements where they have the people coming out of the movie theater yeah, right, being like, right. "I loved Shrek 3. Everybody says the same thing. Yeah. Right? yeah. Somebody did point Olaf out is so cute. I me slept that. that. Yeah. Uh, that the setup that I was really complimenting the uh, Evil Within on of returning to this kind of hub area. Um, mm. For you know, and it, in that area was also progressing with story nuggets and other things. Was was basically taken from or shared a lot with Silent Hill for the Room, which mm. is a game that I'd always kind of huh. meant to play that never had. So it's kind of back on my list. Um, I also played Assassin's Creed Unity. Really? What? How long was did you play it? That's right. Did you run into any? Uh undead mixed up crazy zombies <laughs> unfortunately not i think it would have made the game uh, better to be oh, totally nice. honest uh, i would have been more excited to keep playing it if that was the case uh i was staying with a friend of the show mr ryan payton uh, uh, while i was explains it. in my trip to uh. the u.s and actually it was one of the things i was like hey i, I want to let's play some some games we were going to play call of duty but ended up playing assassin's creed he rented it and uh i don't know uh, he like, rented it? i'm not that big into those type of games and no. i saw it again and i'm like yep i'm still not that into that style of game um yeah the storytelling was fine like everything seemed fine but um i don't know nothing like reached out and grabbed me about it where for you even for the us. stuff even the stuff that i saw the the black flag stuff i saw had me more interested the uh the, the ship nobody mm-hmm. like driving invisible cars stuff or... but like no and like the first <laughs> you expect them to really wow you in the first uh couple levels and we played it for maybe two hours or something we didn't really get super wowed except by some of the crowd scenes and then in the crowd scenes it pretty much was chugging uh uh, pretty hard so ps4 or xbox ps4 um so yeah that's a totally uneducated (laughs) off-the-cuff opinion about assassin's creed from a non-assassin's creed fan 
Just what you listen to this podcast. <laughs> but there you have it. Yeah, exactly. Well, no one's playing anything <laughs> yeah. else this time. Um, well, I've, I've been on a uh, plane for a very long time. That's no excuse. I uh, I, I spent my plane flight watching Hong Kong uh, martial art martial arts uh, shows. It was great. Could be worse. Shows. Yeah, TV shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know they did that. Should be playing Crossy Road, like JJ. Yes, Crossy Road, the <laughs> Endless Frogger. The Endless Frogger. Yeah. Is right. that by the dude who made Sounds Piper like Bird a... or something? Or? No, it's an Australian uh, hipster whale, I believe, is the name of the developer. Kind of, it. you can tell a little nod yeah. to it in the name there. Yeah. Um, Very, it sounds like every amphibian's nightmare, a <laughs> endless frogger. Yeah, it's like a, well, it's it's not just a frog. There are all sorts of animals that is like a vampire. There's, it's it's know. not just frogs. Not, a, oh, yeah. not, not we, just frogs anymore. There's vampires. We're okay. in the 21st, we're in right. 21st century now. Yeah. yeah. Get with the time. You're going to have something for everybody. What's your high score, JJ? Uh, it's 111. Is that is good? That it's okay, or? but Kyle and Wario sixty four have so, me beat by another hundred. Is that like one point per upward? Yes, leap? every every line is a is a point. Is this is this a free game or? It is a free game. It's cool. It's like you know you can see your other friends' placements as you pass them when you're you know playing the game, um, which is always fun. Do they just, appear as like a little dead frog and wherever <laughs> they died? I wish, but it's just their name across the line, the last line uh, that they passed. I bet George Costanza could score at least <laughs> five hundred points on that. <laughs> So, <laughs> nice 90s. Is it Crossy yes. Road Endless oh, Arcade Hot Hopper? Yeah. Yes. That's okay. Um, while John downloads that, why don't we take a quick break? And when we come back, we will talk. Uh, I'm going to turn the show over to Mr. Kevin Gifford, and we're going to talk Hello. a bit about uh, life in Japan and whatnot. So, stick around, and we'll be right back. We are back, and I am going to turn over hosting duties to Funs, Kevin Gifford. Oh, it goes down, not up. Sorry. I'm I'm new at this. that. There we go. All right. That was a real one. (laughs) Yes. Do it as only you can do. Well, uh, I'm I'm, I'm having some uh, lovely uh, sakura shrimp uh, crackers right now. It definitely energized me a great deal. People love it when you eat things into the mic, too. So if you can Uh do that a little bit later, like you were doing it before... No, really, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, they're getting enough smacking noises uh, already, I think. Um, yes. So, Kevin, you studied abroad here in Japan way back when you were a young yeah. lad. 1998. Less bearded. and 1999, yeah. Maybe not quite as less tall. Less bearded. But Kevin was born with a beard. He had yeah, a ponytail. Had a no point, right? cowboy hat at that point, but, no. uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, thirst I, for knowledge... Oh, yes. And a keen interest in Japan and Japanese video console video games. Yes. Which somewhere you lost along the way with yeah. your youth and your will to... <laughs> 
live. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my will to keep on moving stuff around yes. across the United States. I've lived in a lot of parts of the U.S. Right. Ah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, what uh, what do you want to talk about? What, what are we doing? Well, I mean, yeah, like I said, I studied abroad here in 1998. That was the first time I went to Japan. And, you know, ever since then, my life, more or less, has been involved with uh, Japan and the Japanese people and uh, Japanese-related media uh, ever since for the ensuing uh, 16 years. And I know it's the case for um, a lot of the people uh, I'm sharing this table with as well. Yes. Yeah. And that book, Shogun, was actually based on your study abroad, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the James Clavel, the miniseries, or was that just the miniseries, not the book? <laughs> Oh, it was, it was the a TV bit of, series. It was it was a bit of both. Okay, and, right. and also the uh, video game. You know they you know, Taipan. Well, you know what? Infocom actually made a um, text adventure game based off of uh, Shogun. No. Yes. Really? It was one of their last releases. It came out in like 1988 or something like that. Well, uh, go north on like that level of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had not have it didn't have no pictures. It, it, was... it had graphics, but okay. it was still like a text adventure game. Right. In the style that you were playing it. Oh, uh, you just reminded me completely randomly while I was back in St. Louis. A friend of mine has a book of uh, text adventure game. Uh, it's like a walkthrough strategy guide for text huh. adventure games. Oh. And I'm going to show up a picture and we're going to put it on the uh, blog when okay. we do this because I really wanted to show it to you guys. I think it's pretty funny. And so it is, is Japan so related. So is this like a hint book from back in the day or is this It's a- like a hint book from back in the day. I see. And you actually go to uh, Tokyo actually and part of this um, game apparently and this is the map um, of Tokyo, it's basically like a phone, it looks like a phone dial of nine boxes, maybe like 12, and it all just says City Street. (laughs) And uh, then there's one that's like Civic Center off the side. And it occurs to me just how incredibly, dreadfully terrible those text adventures were back in the day. And yet I played them. Like, you get into Mm -hmm. a forest or whatever, you go north, you see more trees or whatever. Forest, Mm. war. But now this is a strategy guide where they actually had to map out Exactly, Those, exactly boringness. how boring and empty yeah, the game world the, is. The inanity of the entire thing. Well, but, I mean, there's there were some adventure games back in the day that advertised based off of how many rooms they had. Oh right, or that's that, what that was the big thing, thing right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's such a huge game, you know, littered <laughs> with lavish descriptions of the exact same uh, <laughs> forest. Or that whatnot. reminds me of the old television commercials where they'd be like, "We have more space games than than any other system." <laughs> like that, there was like a category space games, and right. that was true. They had like, and it was like space hall. Space Armada, Astro, Astro Smash, Smash um, Space Spartan. Yep. More space games, man. So it was all <laughs> about space games. Um, or Maze Maze Games was the other thing. And that was yes. like a Pac-Man clone. Mm. Anyway, mm. back to Japan. Back to Shogun and the uh, <laughs> your life here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shogun, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to talk story. about James yes. Clavel for the next hour, please. <laughs> um, but, you know... It, uh, so I've been involved with uh, working with Japan-based stuff for most of my adult life at this point, but you know I've been based in the United States uh, pretty much all that time. I go to Japan uh, fairly on fairly you know, fairly regular occasions, but um, I well so, not that regular. When's the last time you were here? Two uh, years ago. Two years ago. Okay. So well, you know, more than your average American anyway. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm a bit curious to um, you know. Uh, Ask you guys a bit because you know, especially you know, I've known uh, John and Mark uh, for pretty much uh, the majority of that time as well. Ever since we went to Gamers dot com, yeah. And uh, John in particular, um, when did you uh, first uh, uh, make it over to Japan? I've been here for fourteen years as of like next week. 
It's hmm. crazy. Wow. wow. Crazy for, like, not the reasons, like, oh, I've been in the foreign country for so long. Just crazy for the fact that, like, 14 years have passed. Like, I don't feel like I'm that old, but I'm pretty old now. <laughs> it's yeah. like 14 years living here. When you here. think about what percentage of your life that has been, it's, yeah. pretty, it's kind of It's becoming a hefty chunk of it, yeah. yeah. But I don't feel that much older than I was when I got here either, you know what I mean? When you got here, so you were doing some, you were covering some news, video game news from Japan, right? When I got here, yeah. When you got here, do you remember any of those stories? What you were writing? About I got at the here time? around the time of the GBA, I want to say, because I remember like oh, being okay. excited for that. Was the first launch? That was a big deal when I lived here. Were you like um, buying it and sending it to people to circle the moon and, and um, stuff? I don't remember having to get it for people, but I remember having to get it for myself and then report on it for people. Yeah, okay. and I remember like you know that was a big deal because like yeah. there was like twenty something launch games and a lot of them were pretty good. I like, remember traveling good, yeah. to Japan right after it came out. It must have been a mm. Tokyo Game Show or something, and playing Circle of the Moon and just being like, "Holy crap! This changes is kind of like." symphony of like this is good enough mm, like yeah. this is you, really you did, good you did have to purchase a floodlight uh, with the well, uh, DGA. So you had to get it just Circle of the Moon right. was a rather dark game it was in multiple means of the term but it had great music and like it was a kind of a revelation about handheld games yeah it was like at the time being somebody who hated the shit out of the Game Boy. Right. It was like, yes. I, now we know who Sushi X really was. <laughs> I, it, was like, it was like having Sushi a Super Mario. Nintendo kind of, you know, a pocket Super Nintendo. I mean, they even kind were of. doing like the Super Mario Advance games were basically like just taking the Super Nintendo games right. and, and yep. making For extended versions time, yeah. of them. But like, and making Mario a lot more friggin' chatty. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, my, yeah, also, you know, P- PS2 had just come out a month and a half or so before I moved here. Oh, wow. Right. Um, okay. And so... I was there for the launch in in America. <laughs> that was like one of my last things that I did there with like uh, game related. You know, we stayed out all night at the Metreon in San Francisco to get our PS2s, and then um, I remember like that holiday, like the first game coming out here that was like a a big deal was Dark Cloud. I mean, it wasn't oh, even okay. the greatest yeah. game in the world. I did like it though, but it was like the first Dark kind Cloud of like on the cover of OPM and all that. I want to say was it really? Yeah, yeah. It was like the first you know real I guess RPG or something or whatever you know sort of RPG that came out in Japan that was like. And I remember playing it that holiday season. That was like the big game. But yeah, that was that was a long time ago. And just talking about that real quick, I I definitely have you know level five is an extremely successful company nowadays. You can't even spit without. Uh, you know, hitting a cardboard cutout have you, on somewhere. Have yes. you noticed the yokai watch? Like, has it oh, surprised you even how yeah. much? Uh, yeah, when prevalent I, when, it when is they, here. When they first announced a yokai watch in Famitsu, I was still writing Famitsu news uh, for Polygon at the time, and um, yeah, even in like the Famitsu article, they were. It definitely seemed like Level Five was trying to essentially position this as the next big, their next like big, um, you know, youngster-oriented right. franchise. Yeah, and. Um, you know, darn if they were not quite successful at right. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they they bet the farm on it, kind of, and lucked out because there was a little period there. I remember when everybody was like starting to see like you know the doom signs for level five. Like they weren't, yeah. nothing was selling yeah. anymore. Yep. They weren't doing well, and it was like even Man, after Yokai are they gonna Watch last? launched, it was mediocre until yeah. the, until the anime. Hit. And then it blew uh, up. Was it the yeah. anime that really made the difference? Yep. Yeah. 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 Ma- anyway. Manga and the anime and the toys. Yeah. But yeah, I still have a lot of nostalgia for early level five stuff. Uh, Dark Cloud. Uh, Dark Cloud 2, which is a much better game and a game, I, yeah. a game I have an enormous amount of uh, nostalgia for. Do you have Did that True Fantasy Live on, on online beta still version I, from um, GamePro? No. So was there one? In a closet? No. Oh, I um, I got to interview the head of Level 5, Mr. Akihiro Hino, uh, oh, you once, did? At, once at E3 when he was there for True Fantasy Live Online. So what wow. was that like? I'm very curious. So, yeah, I, I did get to see it in motion and all that. I mean, it, it looked... 
it looked bit just like it did in the screenshots. It looked basically amazing. like Dark Cloud Two, which at the time, which well, was quite amazing, looked indeed. really mm. nice. I remember um, it was on the cover of XBN. I, I really wanted that game. I was excited for a True lot Fantasy. of people. Did, Many yeah. people were, yeah. And then it kind of went to development hell, and then you know, Dragon Quest Eight came out looking, uh, you know, came out like, looking hmm, the exact same. Right? Uh, that's where it went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was Hino like, though? Just real quick aside here. Um, cause I've heard uh, you know, this would have been back in you know two thousand and four sure. or so. So, uh, but he was you know he was real friendly. I mean you know it was E three of course, and all right. you know every dev at E three has a bit of a exhausted air about them. Right after yes. after you know after too many hours at the LA Convention Center. But yeah, he was real you know friendly and okay. you know, gave gave very good uh, interview responses and all that sort of thing. Uh, so yeah, I I, I liked uh, him at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now he's <laughs> it, kind of like the Dark Lord. Yeah, yeah, he um, <laughs> the emperor. Yeah. He, he, he's uh, he's, he's he, the he, years he, have taken a toll. He kind of looks like Ganon that now. way. He's, like, he's, he's pulled a few late nights. Did you say he looks like Ganon? He kind of looks like Ganon. There's now. a there's a Japanese <laughs> there's some Japanese internet memes that have him just like tracing his appearance over the years. Yeah, oh, and yeah he's yeah. kind of a noted workaholic, so yeah. it's not too surprising. But well, no, he's okay. had a lot of success. There was an era when he was working on the Gundam franchise as well, right? That's right. Gundam that's Age. Right. Which yeah. that, that was very unpopular on the internet. I'm sure yes. that took a few yeah. years off. Yeah, that was when Level 5 started their spiral that they barely got out of. But right. um, he's like uh, he's like Sakurai, only he doesn't have whatever that secret medicine is that Sakurai has that keeps him looking like he's 12 for cocaine. his whole life. Cocaine. Crack cocaine. But yeah, I mean, when I was uh, when I was first in Japan, I w- you know I came here in the fall of 1998, which um, you know if you know your video game history, that was the uh, season of when Ocarina the dream of, of well there was season the of the witch. Time. It was a season of the Dreamcast's release ah. in Japan. Dreamcast came out, I think, December of 1998. That's right. And, so um, what? And also, Godzilla. Metal Gear was around. Well, Sonic, well, Sonic, you know, Sonic Adventure. Metal yeah. Gear was 97, I think, right? Or was it 98? No, Metal Gear was 98. Was the same year as Ocarina? Yep. Metal Gear was, okay, then it was 98. Yep. 98 was a pretty good year for gaming. Fall, yeah, it was, it was a great year, man. Famously great year for gaming. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I played, um, you know, over New Year's that uh, year, um, I had a friend who lived in Harajuku, and uh, he and his uh, girlfriend were, you know, out of town, and so I watched their cast for them. And uh, they, pur- they had purchased a Dreamcast and um, Song Adventure. And did they ask you to do it, or did you just break into their apartment and watch? Their no, they asked. They asked me to watch their cats. Okay. They asked him to break into their apartment and watch their cats. And <laughs> um, yeah, they, you know, they they just stayed in a dinky little apartment just outside of uh, uh like the main kind of thoroughfare in Harajuku. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, whenever you know, whenever I stopped by to tend to the cats, you know, they had the Dreamcast out, and they said, "Yeah, you can go ahead and play play it if you want to." And so I played a lot of Sonic Adventure that time, and I tell you, you know, playing Sonic Adventure now. You know, you can definitely see the um, the loose ends, so to speak, in the uh, graphics yeah. and all that. But at the time, I was blown out of my pants. Good thing they weren't home. So I remember, though, even at the time, it was it was Soul Calibur that impressed me. Even yes. at the time, Soul Calibur, Calibur which wasn't was for a few months, if you uh, bought, yeah, or it whatever. Launch, right. Well, I'm thinking of yeah. of, of US launch. Launch. Yeah, this, yeah, 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 Japan launch was Pen Pen Triathlon, which was amazing. <laughs> and Godzilla. Right? That, Don't that, forget Godzilla. Your, <laughs> yes, of course, Godzilla. Um, no, it was all kind of garbage. Um, yeah, Sonic Adventure was good. You wanted? Yeah. Wait, didn't they have Virtua Fighter as well? They had Virtua Fighter. That didn't come out at launch. So no, wait, it was it pretty was soon after launch. Or whatever? It was, if it was not launch, it was that month. It was like sure, a month later, I think. Huh. 
I believe it was early Fact 99. Fact checkers get on that. It didn't quite make was it, it Wasn't there the Evolution, that one game where you're like a gold guy? That didn't come out at launch, but that came out a little while later, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the U.S. Dreamcast launch was a lot more uh, full-featured than was the great. Japan Dreamcast launch. Yes. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that was the first time I uh, you know, had played a console at launch and was just like so incredibly hyped about it. And there was a ton of hype for the Dreamcast in... Uh, yes. Japan at that time. If you had a very to. successful commercial campaign, it was like very yeah, yeah. They they kind of captured the zeitgeist. There were a lot of that, there. You, know, you saw you saw huge ads for it all around um, Akihabara. You know, all around the you know it was a launch the game. big neighbor oh, the big okay. uh, neighborhoods in so. uh, Tokyo yeah. and all that. Um, but yeah, I was real excited about it. But you know, just like with a lot of console launches, there was not a whole lot happening with the console right afterwards. And then right, um, you know, are you saying? Blue, Blue Stinger wasn't <laughs> enough to hold you. Jessifer, Blue man. <laughs> what about Jessifer? Never forget Jessifer. Jessifer. <laughs> Blue Stinger was a, was a uh, graphical masterpiece. It, at the time, it was impressive. <laughs> uh, Not really. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit of a high-resolution PS1 game in a lot of ways. But. Sure. I, I would say, so my, my first time that I came in Japan, to Japan was uh, 1993. Wow. wow. And so the Wait, thing... Did you go to Shoshinkai or something like that? No, actually. I was just here uh, for school visiting. Oh. Um, so, like... How old were you then? Secret of Mana was coming out. I was 20? Was I 20? Wow. Yeah. Was I 20 nice. yet or 19? Um, you look you look younger than me, uh, even now. Well, I thank you, Kevin <laughs> Gifford. Thank you. I, I, I think he's taking the same stuff that Sakurai's taking. I think it's a combination of That's your right. cool stubbly beard and your uh, and your rats off to your t-shirt, well, making making it look really. It's yeah. all part of the the mystique. Yeah, That's what I'm going for. But um, so yeah, I was here. Uh, Secret of Mana, I think was was like about to launch, which I was buying magazines. Super Mario USA uh, was oh, yeah. well, had just yeah, come that, out here and was doing super well. Which is Mario Two? We, we, yeah. we would well, call yeah, the, the the Famicom was Famicom still, re-release. Was still, you know, the yeah, US Famicom version. was still a in the market at that time. Yep, mm. uh, Super Mario Collection I think launched here uh, during yeah, that was my visit. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, I one thing that I'm glad that I got to see while I was here was the, the, there were arcades like everywhere. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Tekken was was booming. Virtual uh, Fighter was still. A thing, Street Fighter Two variations on Street Fighter Two, like Dash Turbo or whatever the Japanese names always were a little different, was still booming, and so like that was you know you it was like your bar, you had your local arcade, you had the one that you liked to go to, you know that when you were in right. like the the big city centers and stuff like that, um, the ones that were themed around fighting games, the ones that were more like wow. shooting games, like it was just and there were so many like hole in the wall things that whenever you'd be at a little station, it'd be like trying the local ramen shop or whatever, you'd just like stop in a local arcade and sort of see what it was like and who was playing it and what like that. And like that, even though arcades probably are still more prevalent here than they are elsewhere, they've been taken over a lot by metal machines and like, you know, mm. Uh, skill crane machines, skill crane machines, mm. and and what have you, but giant um, horse racing games, yeah. gigantic horse racing games. Yeah. I am glad that I got to experience that. Mm. Yeah, that I'm, time. I'm a bit jealous of that. And Lord knows, uh, by American standards, uh, Tokyo and the other big cities of Japan still have a lot of arcades. Yes, definitely. but oh, yeah. um, uh, it's certainly a very different thing from how it was back in '93 and even right. yeah, back in '98 as well. I mean, 
arcades in '98, like Beat Mania, right? The the era of music games basically happened like in late '98, early '99. Yeah, right. right. Uh, and just kind of like took over arcades in the in the most uh, uh, amazing way. Certainly. Yeah, the first time I came to Japan, it was like popping music everywhere, DDR yeah. everywhere, Beat mm. Mania, 2DX, guitar everywhere. freaks. It was, you know, and it's still to this day. You see a lot of that stuff still in arcades that you go to, just like you know, ten times versioned up from back when it was. I'll be kind of curious if all those music games will make a comeback, either as like a nostalgia-based thing or uh, as a just okay. Everybody got it out of their system, and now it's ripe for everybody to play it because those games were really fun at their core and are really fun at their core. It's just you get sick of them when they're shoved down your throat. New new stuff is still being made. I mean, Poppin's still around, right? They're up to like Poppin Pop, yeah, 800,000. Yearly yeah. releases of 2DX and Poppin still come out today. Uh, yeah. And they have some new... Uh, Konami's still making new arcade uh, music games, different kinds of music games, stuff like that. Yeah, I, was, I, I got pretty damn good at like Vanilla Beat Mania. Oh, yeah, really? 5 in, key. In, 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 uh, in 1998, yeah. I could, I could do a <laughs> I mean I think one of the key. biggest differences about Japan now since then is... And it's really interesting. This was always fascinating to me, but like... Because I've always been interested in this aspect of, of I guess the Japanese game industry but so back when I first came here which is like around the same time I visited I mean which is like I think 96 was my first time here um and 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 for like probably 10 years after that Japan was always like ahead of the west in terms of like release dates like even since Mm. the 80s Japan has always had specific release dates for every game like a game was coming out on this day right and that was it it wasn't going to be out early it wasn't going to be out like around that time like growing up in the U.S. you just had like a rough like Maybe that, like two like week Sonic time Tuesday frame was the first time that yeah. I was right. hearing enough, about yeah. a specific right. date. But it didn't. That didn't like become suddenly every game became like that either. Right. It was years before every game finally. Even now, like some games. I mean, most games actually have specific dates now. But like, mm. it wasn't like that at all. But on the on the other way around, something that I think America or the West, I should say, got way before Japan was pre-orders. We didn't have pre-orders in Japan for a long time, and so. Really? A big thing oh, here yeah. that was awesome was lining up for game systems. Right. Mm. Like, for years. Like, I mean, I, I was at every game hardware launch for years and years before finally they started doing pre-orders and you didn't have to wait in line anymore. Well, there would be a line for anything. Like, you'd walk by Yodabashi and <clears throat> Shinjuku and there'd be a line. And it's like, wait, what's even coming out today? And it's right. like, oh, there's like a new Sakura Tyson or something like that. Yep. I was like, wow, there's a line for for that. Yep. For, there's only a line every other week for something for game releases and stuff like yep. that. And they work. still try to keep the tradition now every now and then for, like, the super huge releases, like Dragon Quest, will have, like, yes. a little launch party at Shibuya Staya, right. and people will go at, like, 6 a.m. for a chance to see right. the creators. But, like, you don't have to, because you could pre-order it at yep. Amazon or whatever. Yep. So I think, like, the rise of digital games, for one, because you could just pre-order stuff online and never have to leave your house. Yeah. And then just the rise of, like, pre-orders in general. Because, like, now a lot of systems have, like, a, a quote-unquote launch date for pre-orders. You'll go in on, like... Two you know months before the system comes out and get right. your pre-order in and you're fine and you don't have to wake up early the, on the launch day you don't have to go out and brave the cold weather well, but I missed that a little bit it was fun and mm. some people really do dig that experience and you see it well like for, uh, giving a recent American example whenever a new uh, Apple iDevice comes out yeah. right right, um, right. Um, or even more know, recent Smash Brothers. Yeah. had like the longest line Nintendo World store has ever seen. Yeah, mm. I miss the fanfare of it because it was fun to go out and wait in line. You usually have most of your friends if you're like us who like are into games and stuff, and you'd be waiting together, and it's just fun. Yeah, but I don't miss the stress because there was that chance you weren't going to even get it if you didn't get up early enough and get over there on like the first train. Right. Um, so what it's was nice. the last system that you lined up for? Probably. Well, let's see. I lined up for PS3. I after that I. I lined up. Did DS come after PS3 or before? 
probably before DS came. Definitely lined up for like actually Vita. DS was we, first. So Vita we oh. did pre-order, but we we lined up for the pre-orders because at the time oh, like okay. who that's knew right. it, it was, they were going to be <laughs> yeah. so plentiful. But like yeah, we lined up for Vita pre-orders. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh how that. naive we were. <laughs> But I don't yeah. do it anymore. Like, I mean, a part yeah. of it's probably I'm a little, I'm old now and I don't need to do it. But the other part is it's just too easy to pre-order stuff. You just go to Amazon on the first day and you're guar- pretty much guaranteed to get a system. Right. But that was a very say. Japanese experience that I I would say I'm really glad to have been able to, you know, be Gu- a part of. Guess what hot piece of video game hardware had people standing in line in Nagihabara for it in 1999, about the spring or the summer thereof. While you were here? Well, while I was uh, studying abroad over Let's there. Let's see if I can guess this. This is an actual... It's, it's not Dreamcast, obviously. Like so. a game system hardware? Um, well, it's a accessory, shall we say. Oh, it was the 6040D? It no, was, no, it, it was the uh, it was the pocket station. Ah, yeah. ah. okay. Which uh, I think uh, for our listeners, we'll have to explain what in, what on earth the pocket station is. I love the pocket it's a memory station. card for the PlayStation with an LCD screen, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, like a VMU games. Yep. like a Dreamcast VMU. Basically, there was a Final Fantasy VIII game. Yes, that's right. That. And Cactar. I always wanted to play it. And I never could. There's yep, some Crash right. Bandicoot. They added some mini yeah, games. Yeah, Crash, Crash Bandicoot Two. Even the American version supports the pocket station, yeah. but it never came out in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I think the decision to not put it out came relatively late in the game, too. Right. After. Probably a smart decision, though, because yeah. I think that was yeah. like one of those things where I almost felt like, like some somebody, some trickster, like gave them gave both companies like a tip, like a false tip, like these things are going to be cool and interesting. Well, and both Tamagotchi, Sega, right? Tamagotchi yeah. was yeah, huge. Was, yeah, so was, like, oh. was it though? Wasn't Tamagotchi long gone by then? Like, no, Tamagotchi say, was a couple years. Tamag- no, it started maybe a couple really? years before that. I, but it was still, still, I would say the boom was like 95, 96. 96 yeah, yeah. I, I had it my freshman year of high school. But it was so. not, not clear that that was just completely going to be a fad and not something that people right. wanted to do. I remember Sega advertising the Dreamcast like it was a big deal. You'd be able to call your plays on your VMU and like in football exactly. and not see them. Resident <laughs> like, Evil, you'd have your health thing displayed. Right. Unfortunately, like, everybody just remembers the beep. Well, then people realize you don't really want to look at your controller while you're playing a game anyway. True. So, wait, well, yeah, of course, if you, if you boot up a Dreamcast these days, first you hear that <laughs> high pitched beep, and then you hear like the uh, exhaust fan on the Dreamcast turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's alive. That's how you know it's alive. But it did, it did seem like a great idea at the time. You know, I was like, oh, here's your, you know, you're going to play this on the go. And then when you bring it back, you'll plug it in and whatever, like add resources. People still talk about that, doing that with mobile versions right. of games now and, and and on the main game. And some things are experimenting with it. There's that that what's the Ubisoft um, game that's going to be their big game next fall with the uh, futuristic New York. The, the, oh, the, uh, the vision, the vision. district, the division. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's what part of it on that. Yeah, I guess you can be like playing the drone thing yeah. or, or whatever. But um, can you raise your people chow? used to people used to put their pocket stations on their on their keychains. Remember, they would sell the like keychain thing, and people oh, would yeah. like carry them around oh. with them. I loved that thing actually. I really I thought it was cool. I thought the it was Sony really one was well designed. The VMU was like an ugly brick, no, like the VMU piece of crap. Was, yeah. But the pocket station Gross. was very nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it was cool yeah. to be able to have a memory card that had a display on it, even. I still have mine. Cool. I have two of them. And, like, yeah. I mean, there are occasions, much more rare now, but there are occasions where I do want to grab, save, and bring it somewhere and stuff like that. Totally, now. yeah. And, of course, like, it is really nice, though. While I was in Seattle, I played Destiny and just downloaded my character and started doing that there. And the other amazing thing was playing remotely on Vita. Like, that shit is amazing. Yeah. If people have not done that and set that up, 
a lot of people probably haven't. It's a bit like magic. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. I gotta say. Like, set up your PS4 to do it. It's pretty cool. And good enough that you can play, like, single-player Destiny first-person shooter remotely from from the other side of the freaking planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was playing remotely in the U.S. with my character so I could do, like, daily stuff and whatever. And, like, you're not gonna be good in PvP and it's more made for you know turn-based rpgs and stuff would be totally mm. fine but um it was even good in a first it was even good enough i should say in a first person game but anyway so for all of you folks i mean you know how did you uh, obviously you know you uh, both uh, you uh, john and mark were working um you know in video games uh you know, you've all been working in video games for a while as well and mm. i'm sure that was one you no know, that was one of your main inspirations for wanting wanting to go over to japan um is that um you know what was in in your case so uh Justin how did you get involved in all this Japan stuff I was into Japanese games when I was a kid like I started it started off with I mean like I was a big Sega kid and I knew that those games were made in Japan and you know like I was into Sega arcade games and Yu Suzuki was like my boy and your boy <laughs> yeah and just like you know I always was had an interest in Japan and it just so happened that like uh, you know the woman who is my wife now. I, I met in college, and uh, you know she went back to Japan. I was like, I'm coming to, I'm coming to see you or whatever. Whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not. And so uh, <laughs> basically, I moved here because of her. But it just so happened that it's like it's a happy coincidence because I wanted to be here anyways. Hmm. Um, so I came here and, and games. All the, over rest the, place. the rest no, I is came, history. No, I came here. I came here with a modded GameCube and a PS2. Tried to finish Final Fantasy twelve. It was about that time when Final Fantasy twelve had just come out, hmm. and uh, I think PS three was like just on the horizon. Wait. Okay. Oh. Okay. So Japanese Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, it was it was a weird time. Like I, I bought an Xbox here, Xbox three sixty here for ninety nine nights. Which is one of the biggest mistakes. Wow. I don't understand that. I never will. Well, because I was, like I said, I'm Big a huge Sega so. kid and uh, Mizuguchi's. It was a Mizuguchi game. I was like, okay, he can't make a bad game, but man. He, he, I don't think he had much to do with uh, it. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Like, was, they didn't was, make it, it was, sound it was, like that. It was that's mostly the, thing. the work of, what was the name of it? Fantagram or Some whatever Korean company, company right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that was basically, you know, I came here and then like four years later I started working with John and Mark and you. Yep. Scanning Femitsu's. And, and the rest <laughs> is the rest. history. <laughs> I know this is very exciting for no, you, No, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> mm. I was asked the question, so I answered. Yes. <laughs> but I, I think Japan, like in general, like the, the thing, I mean, I, we're, I'm not going to do it now, but I, mean, I could talk for hours and hours and hours about is like Japanese game industry history because like everything here has always been so organized and clean and neat and awesome and like colorful and like the magazines were amazing and the box art has been amazing like everything about games here was like the way I always wanted it to be in the west but wasn't and that was something that drew me here for sure like my first trip here was like the most eye-opening like mind-blowing trip of my life because I remember that first time going to Akihabara which is 
a lot better then than it is now. I can and like you could like I mean I bought a brand new yeah. Famicom disc system in Japan like unopened brand new like I mean you, you can't do stuff like that anymore but yeah. like that was like just amazing like the, the experience of going through and raiding those shelves like yeah. probably our first like five or six trips we bought so much junk here it's not even I think funny. I mentioned it before probably on this podcast but I didn't I didn't know what Akihabara was I hadn't heard about it there wasn't like right. stuff on the internet about it whatever mm-hmm. when I was first here and there so wasn't an internet my new first group here. yeah. <laughs> Well, it, the, the, it was a burgeoning, but like, right, right. I, so I like just showed up there with a tour group, and I couldn't believe it. And I, and this is completely unlike me, lost the tour group because I was off <laughs> on my own, <laughs> completely. I didn't have a cell phone, didn't have anybody's wow. way of that getting in scary. touch with anybody, yeah. and they just randomly found me. They they came back for me. They realized I was gone from the group. I had completely lost track of time and was in all these shops looking at used games. I'd never seen like a used game store. Like there was there was babbages and yeah, stuff yeah. like that, but there was not like Well, I mean, uh, were you in uh where were you living in the US at the time? So I was been... living in St. Louis wow. and then and then I was going to college in uh, Kansas, which did not have like there were like blockbuster rental stores, but every once in a while right. we would go to like I know that they existed, but I didn't have access to them. These rental stores that, like mom and pop rental stores that actually like imported games and mm. did a lot of older games and, and whatever. So like it was crazy, wild novelty to me that to have all of these older games there and just like right there for purchase. Um, mm. So I was completely like infatuated and and completely lost track of time and they finally somehow came back and found me one of the guys came back and found me which is crazy that's and like very impressive. in all of Akihabara okay. it's like okay you have to find one person it's well you probably were about really five crazy. inches taller than everyone else yeah, yeah. So. there was yeah there was that yeah. there were probably there were probably less uh, non-Japanese people in uh, Akihabara at that time right that's probably true as well <laughs> but yeah it was a complete total like paradise wonderland like unbelievable you know no made cafes. Not eBay really going on strong and all that kind of stuff. It was just like unbelievable, yeah, and and, and very different from how it is now for yeah. sure. Um, um, I, the way that I would describe it is is that um, you know in the nineties, you know during like the PlayStation One era, and you know into a little bit into the twenty first century as well. Akihabara was a place for uh, you know fans of video games, fans of uh, you know, computer stuff. Yes. Um, you know, every kind of underground subculture uh, aspect of of that thereof. Right. Like I, in some anime and some like. Yeah. You know, there was there was like you know, Tor- uh, Torlanoana would have been around at that time. Torlanoana is a big like doujinshi shop in Akiba, and that was around at that time. But right. it was not. A, it was just like. But it was not as place. prevalent how it is now, and it's kind and of now, flipped. Yeah, now, yeah, nowadays Akiba is definitely a otaku place, it's right. a tourist as trap. opposed to like a gamer type place. Yeah, well, like a game otaku place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the number of like game shops that you kind of knew about and remembered about when we were going was probably like a dozen or so, and now it's down to maybe like two. Like people talk about Super Potato and Friends still a lot but and like trader well trader yeah but i mean but trader's cool but like when we do you remember there was like this one shop you would go around the corner and there was one shop that only took cash but they had like three floors of just like everything and we would go there every time mm-hmm. i don't remember the name but it like but it was amazing uh, it was like this was mecca that? they it had like uh you're talking about media land yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. media land and they had not only like awesome japan stuff but like you'd go up on the third floor and they'd have like mint inbox like atari 2600 games yes. from the west like it was I just made, like paradise i, I made a lot of purchases at media land yeah you know soft map at the time was extremely great for used yeah. games as well. They yep. would have 
you know, stuff all the way back to the 8-bits. Wow, I, I kind of feel cheated. Like, well, the Akihabara, Akihabara today is, like, a place where you go eat ramen and kebabs. It's, like, barely anything <laughs> oh, yeah. to buy. Well, there was that's also... kind of just what you... <laughs> no, 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 I know. I, I do talk about kebabs a lot. You don't but, see all the websites about advertising Akihabara no. as the electronics and kebab mecca? <laughs> no, but uh, Akihabara is, like, a big, huge food place now it's it's big oh, really? and ramen yes, yes, like there yes, are yes, tons of ramen yeah. places in Akihabara but there was, now there was also a phase where and I think this was around I'm guessing probably a, what was it early 2000s or something where used game sales were not allowed you remember yeah, that it, it was, was a brief period it's not that it was not the court case was not like it, sort of, it was yeah. not clear it was not clear yeah. and so but it went away like yeah, soft, soft took it away and never really went back yeah yep. and so there were some mm-hmm. places that still sold it still sold used games but most places did not and it was this it was a really weird time and then finally a court decision happened and it kind of came back and I don't know when that yeah. was but I want to say it was like in the in the Probably like 2002 2003 yeah. yeah and you know there was Occupy definitely had a lot more of a kind of like sort of dangerous undergroundy kind of feel to it I mean um uh People would put up stands and sell, like, uh, you know, fa- uh, multi That's right. That's right. Or Which you would, don't see at all anymore. Or, you know, they, they did. Or, or they would sell, like, console copiers. So that right. was something, actually, from when I was early in Japan that I don't see at all anymore. There used to just be people just on the street in Shibuya or whatever with just a big their big display that they would open up yeah. and just be selling rings and silver and yeah, whatever kind of Yeah, the street stuff is not... You're not yeah, allowed yeah. to open, like, a table on the street anymore, basically. Right. That, and that, I, I, that's I, actually I, pretty I, recent. I remember people selling shrooms in Shinjuku. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. yeah, you can still see some signs where it's, like, crossed off where he, magic mushrooms used to be... Right. Yeah. Like a, a loophole in the law here. You used to be able to actually well, now buy they're, them. Now they're kendragu, as they, as they call them. Yes. Right. Dangerous drugs. I have to cut out a little earlier than you guys, so there's one more thing I personally want to talk about with Japan, the gaming history that I think is fascinating and amazing, and we never had in the West, which was. Do you remember the Super, uh, the Nintendo Power System? Which was mm. the, like, you could basically buy a yeah. blank Super Famicom cart, Super Nintendo cartridge, and then you just go to your local convenience store, which, you know, everybody has a loss in within five minutes of their house, pretty much, as long mm. as you don't live in the sticks. And you could download any game onto it. And, and many years ago, they had a similar thing on the, with the 64, um, rather with the Famicom disk system, system, where so it's you could just send it. Mm-hmm. Like more, it was a more modern yeah. version of But the, it's basically like, there's like this this machine in your local convenience store where you can just go and like it's download like an ATM, your latest like super yeah. Nintendo ATM like, yeah it was like yeah. the most amazing thing ever and yeah. they had a lot of not a lot but they had a number of exclusive games that were only available via yeah. the Nintendo Power service so like like they, they released about six volumes of Picross for example yeah. on Nintendo Power Picross games what's more amazing to me is that that existed are, in the freaking 8-bit era like the, for the, the Famicom disk system yeah, thing yeah you yeah. were like that that's just completely blows my mind that that far back. I mean, of yeah. course, there's the other stuff, internet banking and whatever, the other stuff that you they were doing back then that was wildly like ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. And then was it the Super Nintendo that hooked up with the, or was it Pokemon that you could actually hook up to your to your cell phone? K-tai? Yeah, yeah, that was your, Pokemon. Poke, there was for a while Pokemon and Mario Golf. They had a mer- version a of Mario Golf adapter, on Game Boy right? where you could like do like internet. 
things with those games way ahead of their time. They're yeah. always Crazy. they're always like yeah. ahead of its time. It's funny yeah. how that works. Like Which Nintendo Pokemon was that? Was that like it was was crystal it Pikachu or oh you might be no, right. I think, it, no, I think it was Crystal. It was it was yeah, it was Crystal. You're right. Mm. It was Crystal. Wow. And that I was thought, like I thought for a second I might have made up that there was even a Pokemon <laughs> Crystal. I was like, wait, is there was there even <laughs> no, a Pokemon there was Crystal? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah, good. No, but yeah, they, Nintendo had always been like kind of ahead of oddly ahead of their time with things like that, but then they would they would like experiment with them. They wouldn't really be successful, and then they would fall back and be like ten years behind. Well, isn't everyone. it bizarre? Well, say that, nothing like Satellaview, for example. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. How bizarre is, is it that Nintendo, like Wii U, internet functionality is you know it is where it is now, right? And they were doing fucking internet banking in like 1986, yeah. Or so, like in Japan, mm-hmm. granted, but like completely insane like yeah. like futzing around with it or whatever but for, for worse japanese companies japanese hardware companies have really enjoyed experimenting with new technology and in addition to that actually bringing it out to you know the public well, sony as well consumers. right sony yeah. for a long time didn't care if like okay let's just bring out this thing of technology maybe 200 right, people are right, gonna buy it right, and then yeah. we bring out the next thing and we have to make an adapter for that and you can only get it on the <laughs> online store but like I think they had like some crazy like in the thousands number of SKUs that they were making a year. Oh, so yeah. you didn't even hear about a lot of this yeah. shit. They they've definitely like focused and and changed that more recently. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess Nintendo to some degree was was a little more experimental. I guess mm-hmm. I mean even as recently as like sixty four DD, they really tried stuff that just made sense for a, for a you know kind of. Um, geographically small kind of close-knit wired nation like japan you know i mean that is like a lot of those all those things add up to reasons why you can pull stuff like that off you know you could never pull that off in the west but like in my mind those are the things that were like that made japan gaming really special and like if i try to think of it the other way around like the west the only thing i can really think of is like rentals like you know i think renting games was amazing like growing up i rented like almost every nintendo game right like if I didn't have that, I don't mm-hmm. know I did what my that. current like. I would not be the the gamer person exactly. that I am Absolutely. now. You know? I would have played way fewer games. Well, what I did way. was just you returned them. You bought the game uh. and then you returned it, and I had to pay my friends to return games for me because they knew me at the <laughs> store because I returned so many. <laughs> well, games. Yeah, they still had like that seven day policy, right? Where you could no, return. There was no. Any. You weren't supposed to do it, but no. if you worked there, you know, oh, right. you got away with it. Yeah, yeah, there was. It was not cool at all. You, did, sometimes people wouldn't <laughs> mind, but you had to make up a reason why yeah. the game. I remember telling my friend I'd be like briefing him as I was driving him to Babbage's I'm like Forgotten Worlds I'm like okay there's a big boss and he has big hands that come up from the side and just me. tell him it freezes right the right <laughs> no, tell him it tell him it froze when like the big boss with the hands like kept showed seeing up or whatever you gotta give him like a cover story right. so did, whatever, they, but... did they eventually put up a sign to the Babbage's saying no Mark McDonald's allowed <laughs> no like I, it, it, I had to get a lot of different people there to do it and it was a huge pain in the ass and it was a nerve wracking crazy <laughs> The experience you can only usually get credit and then get the next that's surprising game. you didn't have a blockbuster video anywhere so eventually eventually finally there was a blockbuster that rented games wow yeah because i had rented only. nes games and i i've Genesis told the story games. before so i'll give the abridged version but i was like super lucky because i had not yeah, only like did i have like port rentals rental. but i had an import guy which yeah. i didn't know how yeah. amazing that the was new york much difference. later he had a Honeybee adapter. Ooh. I remember renting Famicom games before they were out in the NES. And, like, you know, looking back now, like, that's pretty amazing. Because I was, like, not... I wasn't in the middle of Manhattan either. I was in Staten Island. Like, I just was super lucky. Well, I remember another thing striking me of, uh, I mean, coming to Japan early on. But, like, the amount and the quality of the, the magazines, the game coverage. Just that there was right? a weekly... Very, yeah. 
a weekly game magazine. And there still is. Was, which is still and there still is, of course. But like that completely blew my mind. Like, for, oh, yeah. course, as you know, early EGM, well, you know, after about a year or so, early, you know, EGM. EGM 2? Well, I mean, Where are you going uh, with this? like EGM as, as of like let's say 1991 or so was very obviously modeled after Founding Two. Sure, right. yep. Mamichu was actually biweekly for a long time. They switched to weekly. It debuted, at some point, uh, it debuted biweekly and became weekly in I think 1995 or okay. four. Yeah. Oh, was it that late but, that it became oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Really, uh, since we're talking about Japan and weird game things, I think something you would never really think about. It's just weird because growing up in the West, you don't think about this sort of thing. But I think something that makes Japanese magazines amazing, beyond the fact that they have really good art in general, like I find Japan art to be far superior than a lot of other places, but is like they have vertical text. And like when you can put text top down, you can just have way more interesting layouts. You can cram way more information on the page than if you're stuck with left to right. Mm. It just makes for a way more interesting experience, I think. Um, of course, I'm flipping through pages and I don't see any vertical text. But like That's I remember so growing up, that was like a big deal because like you'd have these like RPG spreads on like Final Fantasy games and stuff, but it was like top left corner on the you know text right. going down and then pictures mm. over here and a chart over here and all this color and art. And it was like just like this visual explosion. And then you'd go look at like GamePro or something, and it's like a half a page of text with like two screens or whatever. Yeah. Well, like Nintendo this. Power, I think, impressed a lot of people because it was laid out here in right. Japan, and they completely and they got it was that, that style. Yeah, and they time. got that. They got yeah. those mm-hmm. maps and things of screenshots put together, and like yep. you know the little explosion explosion thing, and just yeah. spot art of I, characters and stuff. I talked about this uh, in Magweasel a couple of times, but yeah, if you look at early Nintendo Power from like its origin in 1980 until about oh 93 or four or so. Uh, it's very similar to the magazine that Tokuma Shoten produced, which yep. was called Family Computer Magazine. Yes, uh, which is now basically uh, Nintendo Dream, right? Is the same, it's like the the, it, the the basically yeah. They always had the weirdest that. covers. That thing always they always had these really bizarre like uh, esoteric art on their covers. It was not uh, Family Computer Magazine. Or? Yeah, Family oh, yeah. Computer Magazine is well is in the early '90s at least. Anyway, it was never just like this game you know themed mm-hmm. or like even Femitsu which is just like him riding a dinosaur or like him doing kind of a generic adventure thing yes. it was just like a weird piece of of uh, what you might call like impressionistic artwork or something oh, yeah, like yeah. that a lot of times well, kind of, kind of like text. You, kind of like if you remember for example Electron Games the original like from the 2600 mm. era yeah. like just like the generic, like you know, space games right, themed right, art, right, or like right. video games and career <laughs> entertainment. There's a Viking. Yeah, at a certain point. Yeah, <laughs> that art was so bad that after like 20 years or so, it became good. I think in like it somehow. Oh, like, yeah. There is a certain like like feel to it that like kind of gets you back into that era and stuff like that. When yep. you see that art, you think about that. It's you it's, see that art, you want to watch like you want to turn the TV and watch some Webster yeah. or whatever. <laughs> they beat the did. shit out of what the games themselves actually looked like. Right, that was the yeah. whole yeah. point. It was right. like yeah, we can't make it look anything like what the game itself actually looks mm-hmm. like so that was the thing dream something up guy guy you know work on guy use your imagination a little bit you know yep and- all right well i guess we we could keep talking about this i'm sure for a, a really long time hopefully it's been interesting to people let us know uh, if it was um along with that but um it's good to have you here Oh, it's great to be back, Kevin. I'm... We always talk about old times yes. when we're here. We, I, would, <laughs> I would like to talk about more about this kind of stuff, and mm. also do the Genesis Mega Drive retrospective yes. with you. We'll have to figure out 
the technology to make that happen somehow. <laughs> yeah. And I think next time, you know, next episode, uh, you know, Kevin here or not or in spirit or what, we got to talk about the PlayStation anniversary and the Saturn that, the experience. Yeah. I don't know if that'll be next episode, but we, I, I, but I want you to do some some of your famous research, Kevin Gifford, some of your famous <laughs> yes. Japanese language research to get us some stories that people don't know about, and uh, in, in, to tie in with those things. That might be a nice like Christmas gift or a special episode that we record ahead yeah, of time or I'd, something I'd, like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of why we wanted to hold some of the the Mega Drive stuff uh, until later. You know, re- have a chance to read um, Console Wars and, mm. and that Kickstarter book that uh, that you got, John. That looks pretty cool. I need to play with my Megatron, nice Mega Drive Transformer for two weeks. <laughs> um, but if people do want to let us know what they thought about this kind of more free me episode, JJ, where should they? They can go to our website, 8-4.jp, or our second home on the internet, giantbomb.com. We will have a thread on GAF, uh, neogaf.com. Uh, and you can download our podcast on iTunes, uh, visit our Facebook, or uh, find us on Twitter, at 8-4-play. Uh, my personal Twitter is at S-P-R-S-K. Mark, Mark MacD. At uh, Kotori. Uh, I am John TV. At Kevin Gifford, feel free to message me. Uh, don't expect a response. <laughs> oh. Do you even check your Twitter anymore? I do, I do. I do, actually. I have my Twitter app open, and I have... Why don't you tweet? I don't know if I even knew you were on Twitter. I, face, yeah. I Facebook a lot. Oh, uh, but, yeah, that's true. I but, my, but my Facebook is uh, set to private. It's mostly just like a family friend thing. I need to tweet um, more. Yeah, okay. I'm, man. I'm, I'm failing in my social obligations. Yes. I know. I miss it. It would be nice if you took kind of that stuff that you were doing for Magweasel and did it in 140 characters or so. I yeah. agree. You, you could get a, <laughs> a, a well-deserved big Twitter following, I think. Yeah, uh, well, thank you, you. You have a lot of knowledge that nobody else does we always enjoy having you here plus you could sing lyrics to 16-bit songs you know oh you that bet too that would be amazing <laughs> yeah actually that was a segment i really wanted to bring to this show for a long time and maybe we'll have that to would do be it, fun but, yeah. um but yeah so uh <laughs> kevin and also people can find you where else they oh, yeah, can my, of course uh, search for fun on yep. itunes yeah um yeah search for it'd be easier to search for my name uh, kevin gifford oh because uh, the full title of the podcast yes. is fun with kevin gifford and his pretend pals um kevin you've got real pals right here yeah okay well not uh, i don't have any i don't have any <laughs> game pals in bend yeah i, I have okay. pal pals i have like you know <laughs> but um, I think Fun Season 2 should be co-hosted by your dog, uh, what's his name, Oscar? Adam. Adam. <laughs> Oscar's a close, close <laughs> yeah, That's my cat's name. Oh, okay. That's, from. that's, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep, Adam the Greyhound. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Think Adam about the Greyhound. Never always cat Skype in. Yeah. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be recording it on my bed pretty Is much, there so. a reason why you named him Adam? Is there a reference or uh, anything? That was, that was the name that I came with. Um, oh, okay. You know, I adopted him off of the racetrack, and so... Not like you know, a ColecoVision Adam fan right. or any weird thing for that? No, nothing like that. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I like good. the name, though, so it, it kind of stuck. Yeah, it's a good dog mm-hmm. name. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's about it. So uh, until two weeks from now, Kevin, thanks a lot again for being back. Uh, always popular. Oh, you're quite welcome. With the listeners. Mm, uh, always love having you here. Yeah, hopefully we can figure out a way to get you on uh, a little more often. Um, Please. But uh, until two weeks from now, do you want to take us out? David, David Beckham, David Beckham, David, David Beckham, David.
David Beckham. Do, do well he used to play for the LA Galaxy and uh, so, uh, scored like about 47 goals. Do, 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 and all that, you know. <laughs> I like that. That was amazing. <laughs> Right now is the intro to a game called David Beckham Soccer. It came out from Rage Software in the UK in 2001. David, David Beckham, David Beckham, David, David Beckham, David Beckham. Well, he used to play for the LA Galaxy, and he's also had lots of sex with Posh Spice. He's captained the English team 59 times, and a hell of a lot good that did them. But he's much more handsome than you'll ever be. You should have practiced more as a kid. In 1997, David Beckham proposed to Victoria Adams, a.k.a. Posh Spice for the Spice Girls. Ceremony costs an estimated 500,000 pounds. Not your world is his, and it's on the GBA. David David Beckham, David Beckham, David, David Beckham, David Beckham. Well, he made all the opposing MLS teams look like a bunch of fat middle school geeks. But ask him about when he won lousy World Cup, and he says no comment and leaves. And when he goes to bed, it's with a rather sexy lady. Yeah, she's really a lot better over Soccer. Oh, ain't it grand, Popeye. Hey, did you know that David Beckham was close personal friends with Tom Cruise? Isn't that weird? Anyway, as much as I would love to sing to all of the songs I play on this podcast, I can only do it once a week. Sorry. Now for some much better sports game music.